Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That that bit's important. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss this is a podcast from the bugle the dictionary describes catharsis as the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions i'm here to release my guests and i think we could all agree that's the worst possible way i could phrase that I'm acting as an unqualified therapist while they unload their pet peeves, old grudges and unpopular opinions. We're sweating the small and big stuff. This week, I'm joined by comedian and Mock the Week buddy, R.I.P. Vale, it rests in heaven with the angels. It's my friend, Reese James. But before I get into some Reese grudges, it's custom for me to get something off my chest. And uh, look, Easter's coming up. Um, I just got myself an Easter bonnet. Well, I hit a rabbit with my car. Same thing. Uh, lots of my friends are organising egg hunts more later on how many are viable basically this is a Trojan horse me using Easter is a way to talk about wound bothering because I don't mind having a conversation with friends and people that I'm close with about babies and what my plans might be and whether I'm having them or not but somehow it still seems to be okay for general public and people you vaguely know to just ask when you're having kids and what your plans are um, so I've always called it wound bothering and I'm in my 40s now. So I just I guess I kind of thought that it would stop or slow down. But now people still do it is that they look at my wound like it's a car up on bricks. Like, you know, the MOT is about to run out on that. You want to get that down the garage. It's not going to see you through winter. And some teenagers are graffitiing it. <laughs> Someone's keyed up the side of it. <laughs> Yes, guest Reese James. How often are you subjected to wound bothering? Yeah, quite a lot. So um, I've been with my girlfriend for ten years, and she's her the eldest sibling. So it's sort of, to be honest, it's not that um, it's not that overt, but there is some there is some pressure. There is definitely right. some pressure on us, and it's not going to happen. Uh, my boys don't swim I assume uh, no I don't know I just you know I've had a laptop on my lap for the last 20 years I assume there's something wrong with me but we're not we're at the moment we're not interested and I think I'm not interested in general 
like everyone who has this feeling, I talk about it in my show. And my actual genuine, this I say this in my show, but my actual genuine feeling is I don't want a child, but I do want like a 20 year old. I do want yes. to, I want to be <laughs> like 55 and have a 20 year old son or daughter to hang out with which is the most creepy i want some young i want some young friends that's why they have to be my child so it's not creepy but that is i was gonna say do you think that's what leonardo dicaprio wants that's all he ever wanted yeah exactly (laughs) exactly he just didn't want to have to raise them you know i know there's boarding school and stuff for that but you know while having a sort of slight moral objection to that i'm not really though i don't care about anything but that's why this podcast is difficult but um I can't be asked with the boarding school thing and making my child one of those. Because basically, the problem is, right, the way to not have to raise a child but have an adult child later in life is to send them to boarding school. But if they did go to boarding school, I don't want to hang out with them. Yes. They're the sort of prick you don't want to <laughs> hang out with. So there's no solution at the moment. Any scientists listening, figure this out. I need a way to do this. So we can fast forward through years from, I don't know, two or three yeah. to... 16 17 my stepson is is uh 16 now and he's pretty cool he was pretty cool around 14 15 so we, we you know we've been quite lucky with him but uh he is fun to hang out with yeah exactly i just like do you know what it is do you know where it comes from it comes from a place of absolute abject arrogance where i'm like my parents must think it's great when i'm around <laughs> Genuinely, I, was like, <laughs> I sort of thought about it and i was like god i'd love it if i was if I had a son that was me at 31, I was just arrogantly thinking, yeah, I bet this is great for them. I bet they bloody love this. I bet they probably fucking hate it when I'm around. God, he's so annoying. But that's where it comes from. Well, also, it's good when kids get older because then, you know, as you're getting older, when you want your life to be comfortable yeah. and extravagant, yeah. you know, if they're doing all right, they're going to look after you. Exactly. What you want is someone who will pay for your palliative care, but you don't want to have to have gone to Peppa Pig world, basically. <laughs> that exchange. It needs to be a one-sided exchange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I ask our guests to bring to the podcast an old grudge. So something that's been swimming around, unlike your sperm. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Your, Do you say that every week? <laughs> in your subconscious, um, and that you you'd like to have handled differently, or you just want to get it off your chest. So just hit me up. Yeah. So I don't. I, it's weird this because I really think I seem like someone who has a thousand grudges. I think I carry myself in a way where I am w- weighed down by <laughs> revenge desires young victor meldrew <laughs> exactly I, I just think people think of me as like i've got a real resting bitch face people think i'm judging them all the time and it's not that i'm not it's just that my memory's a piece of shit so i don't so like yes i get really angry about stuff in the moment and i hate people but then i so rarely remember so there's one when you said this that came to mind and it's really weird basically it's jake gyllenhaal Okay. <laughs> okay. And not, it's not because yep. of they know that he's got beef with all the Swifties because he wronged Taylor Swift or something, something to do with the scarf, and it all kicked off. I don't give a shit about that. Much as I am a Swiftie and I like Taylor Swift, basically, there's a film called Love and Other Drugs. Have you ever seen that film? Oh no, I don't think I have. So I can't remember the full cast. I think Anne Hathaway is in it and Jake Gyllenhaal are the leads. I think I haven't looked this up again, but I went to see it in the cinema when I was about uh, fourteen, fifteen, and. It's about a. Uh, this is a huge spoilers, by the way. 
If you want me to stop, oh, that's I'll, right. I'll stop. That's right. I think, I think the film's old enough that people cannot expect spoilers. Exactly. As far as I can remember, it's basically about Anne Hathaway and Jake Gyllenhaal sort of like have a lovely, wonderful um, romance. And then she suddenly gets Parkinson's, basically. Early onset Parkinson's. And then it's like becomes like an incredibly sad, like really gut-wrenching film. Oh. And the reason I hate Jake Gyllenhaal... Is because, and this is this is why it's petty, right? Because it's got nothing to do with Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor. Basically, <laughs> it's not even the part. It's the writer who my grudge is with. But, so he is, Jake Gyllenhaal plays like a pharmaceutical sales representative who then goes out with this woman, falls in love with this woman who gets early onset Parkinson's. And it's meant to be like those two worlds colliding. But there's this scene in which it's really sad and I'm really touched by this film and I'm kind of crying in the cinema at 15 or whatever. And it's a time when you're really trying not to be vulnerable in front of every, anyone. And I am. And I've sort of opened myself up to this film. And then it just suddenly, like, they decide we need to put some comic relief in here. So he goes to a party, accidentally takes Viagra, and then has a boner and has to leave with a cushion on over his lap <laughs> and sneak out. And it really was a rug pull for my emotions. It really fucked me off at the time. It really annoyed me. And I was like, no, you can't have a film that's about this, that is this sad. Imagine if in fucking The Pianist, it suddenly just turned into The Pianist. And he was just like, he just came everywhere. You just be like, no, you can shoot this list. No one suddenly just slips over a banana peel. So, no, pick what fucking film you are. It annoyed me so much. And I blame Jake Gyllenhaal because he was the person... At 15, I couldn't understand. I mean, I could, but I was just, like, in the moment, lost. I couldn't be like, the writers of this are pricks, or the studio, or whoever gave that note that we need some light relief. It really fucked me off, so I just blame Jake Gyllenhaal to the extent I won't watch anything with him in it. I've watched one <laughs> film with him in it since, which is Nightcrawler. And even though Nightcrawler is objectively a brilliant film, anytime it comes up, I say it's a fucking piece of shit and I hate it. And I couldn't enjoy it while I was watching it. I was literally watching it going, well, this is obviously great. But thinking, but I hate this man. And then <laughs> I love John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch so much. His um, kids special on Netflix from a few Christmases ago. But then Jake Gyllenhaal fucking turns up as some music man singing a song. And I was like, no, anyone but him. This is so annoying. <laughs> I hate this man and his stupid fake boner. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You've got me thinking now about that bit in Philadelphia where they have a, a pie in the face moment. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is a ridiculous rug pull to mess with your emotions. But as you have correctly um, identified, you are blaming um, an actor yeah. for someone's bad, <laughs> bad plot line. Bad but plot what line. you've done is because... Blaming. Yeah. <laughs> he probably read it as well and went for fuck's sake <laughs> well here's the thing it's because if you see something at that key age I saw Terminator 2 I think it was when I was about 12 or 13 or maybe mm. I was 11 but anyway I saw it and so the films that you see at those sort of points in your life that are very um, they end up meaning a lot Yeah. Um, but I think there's quite an interesting lesson in life in that you know Life is a bit like that. You know, you can be crying about the fact that you've lost someone sure. in one minute wow, and the okay. next minute have a... Accidental boner. <laughs> have an accidental <laughs> boner. You are right. It doesn't... But it doesn't matter that you're right. I mean, surely the whole point of this podcast... I know it's the whole point is... It's just rant. I get that it's <laughs> yeah. catharsis and you're supposed to like make people feel better about those things. But surely the point of a, of a petty gripe is that it... And a grudge is that it yeah. is irrational. Yes, and that it, yeah, yeah. it's ba I know that it's wrong. I already knew that it was wrong because it's not his fault anyway. And I know that I'm, you know, he's been in some good stuff. 
and I'm, you know, costing myself by refusing to. But watch does it. it? Are you like, ah, oh, there he is again? Because you know, I have that about people. You know, like irrational. Actually, I think yours is probably rational in in think? many ways. It's, yeah, I think it's quite a rational. You know, if you watch something at a certain time in your life, it can affect you in ways. So you go, this is quite a rational. He just irritates me, and he ruined this thing, and it was just at the wrong time. He just crashed into your life with his boner pills. In a moment of emotion, he tricked me. And I didn't want to be emotionally tricked at 15. <laughs> I was getting that enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it could have been anything else about Jake Gyllenhaal. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued by this. Do we know who the writer of the film was? And I wonder also as well, this is an interesting discussion about filmmaking in a broader sense, is... Is it something the writer put in or is it something the director chose? I mean, maybe we should blame them all. Holy shit. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I've just read something that is... It says here, on it's adapted from a book called Hard Sell, The Evolution of a Viagra Salesman. So if I'm misremembering, he is a Viagra salesman in it and then he accidentally takes his own Viagra and does that. So, But that sounds like the film was about boners and they put in the fucking Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the other way around. It was a comedy film. I should have been laughing yes. the whole way through. And then someone yes. went, the studio went, oh, get a bit of emotion in there. Fine, there's this girl he fancies and she's got Parkinson's. Done. It's completely the other way around. It wasn't, we need some light relief. It's, we need some tears in amongst <laughs> these erections. Right, yes. Okay, was it called The Hard Way or something? Hard Sell, it was called. Oh, The Hard Sell. Okay, right. So it does yeah. have the pun in the title. So maybe... It's written, maybe... By, um, it's written by Charles Randolph, uh, Edward Zwick and uh marshall herskovitz charles randolph at least wrote the big short co-wrote the big short great film great film great film although i would ask for the sake of uh equality i want like a a, a female version of that film but about crypto where a man describes crypto to me why his balls are floating yeah. And some imperial leather in the bath. I want the sexy man. I want yeah, the reverse yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah, okay. Instead of the Margot Robbie explaining the markets. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it. Just just for fairness. So that's interesting. So actually, actually, what we've done here is we've unpacked that maybe this shouldn't have been the film that 14-year-old Reese was going this to This is what see. I... It, yeah, if I, if, the thing is, if, if, I, if I'd known it was that... Actually, no, I was going to say if I'd known it was that, I'd have gone in found it really funny. But I wouldn't because at 14, I was... 14, 15, I was so fucking precocious and pretentious and, like, trying to be a grown-up, as you so often are, that I would have been like, ugh, it's puerile. And I would have been like <laughs> such a fucking dickhead. Now, if a, a boner is obviously hilarious. What I wouldn't give for one of those. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, I think probably the idea at that age, you're like, something could be wrong with you, or your penis being hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right, yeah. yeah you're like, an, accident, an accidental boner in public is no laughing matter. This should be taken incredibly seriously. This happens to a lot of us on a daily basis. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing your old grudge with us. I think you should take, I mean, normally I sort of say, do you feel better after it? Um, but actually with something like this, I do think it's the pettiness of it is quite nice. So I think you should carry it forward forever. Okay. And, um, you know, like maybe just like have a picture in, in a cupboard that's got like a cross drawn through his face. Yeah, well, or, I've got a dartboard just over there. So I could just uh, just whack him up on the dartboard. Whack him up on the dartboard and then maybe one day you'll get to host SNL and he'll be the other guest star. 
Yeah. And then that will be, we can have an epic showdown. Yeah, I can tell him all about it. And if he goes, he needs to say in the moment, I know, I hated that as well. If he does that, then he's forgiven. And if he doesn't, then all hell is breaking loose. The ball's very much in your court, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, exactly. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, this section of the podcast we call Topical Cream. So it's a stinging news story that's got you all head up. Now, I say news. It doesn't have to be uh, in the news. It could be something in the in the discourse. It could be cultural. It could be anything, but just something that's got you annoyed. I don't know how interested in this you're going to be, but it's got but it's it's completely dominating my headspace and it's ruining my life. And that is that (laughs) Arsenal are going to win the league. And it is, ru- it is honestly, it is a fucking nightmare for me. And I'm trying to pretend that I don't care. And I'm being all like, oh yeah, whatever. And I'm, I'm, I am numb to football as a result. But basically, I'm a big Tottenham fan. I've made the mistake of making that very clear on social media. And also everyone I grew up with, every single boy that I went to school with pretty much is an Arsenal fan. And we're still in a WhatsApp group. And they just talk about... Now they just, they, they've been so silent on football for six years because Arsenal have been rubbish. And now all they fucking talk about in that group is Arsenal and just sharing Arsenal memes. And I really want to leave the group now, but then it will say Reese left and it will look like the pettiest <laughs> because we're shit. That's Tottenham are now shit and Arsenal are going to win the league. And like, so we've been their rivals for years and it comes from the fact that they were based in Woolwich and we were the team in North London. And then they moved to be the team in North London as well. And then it became a big rivalry, exacerbated by things like a player called Sol Campbell leaving and leaving Tottenham on a free and going to Arsenal and winning the league, etc. It's been a rival for ages. And growing up, right, the rivalry was Arsenal are just way better, finish way higher than Spurs, win trophies, and Spurs are mid-table and quite crap. That's what it was like. I've had a season ticket since I was like 10 years old. We used to finish 10th, 11th. Then we started to come 5th and stuff like that. And there wasn't really much of a rivalry because Arsenal were challenging for leagues, winning FA Cups, and so forth. And... Look, we then tasted what it was like glory. To, be, to be the better team. Nearly glory. That's the classic Spurs way. So we were the better <laughs> team. We finished above them for six years in a row. Suddenly, the tide had turned. Times they were a-changing. And then we didn't win anything. We were in a title race. We were in a Champions League final. We were in a few FA Cup semifinals. We didn't win any of these trophies. We just finished above Arsenal, got in the Champions League, and then didn't win the Champions League year after year. And now that era is over, Spurs are fucking shit again. And Arsenal 
have suddenly just emerged. And not only are they like, it's not like they're just finishing above us for the first time in six years. They're going to win the fucking league. <laughs> a league in which Man City have been so dominant for years. Liverpool have run them close. And the Liverpool team that run them close are way better than this Arsenal team. And City just don't care about it this year because they're, I mean, honestly, I watch City games now like I'm a Man City fan. I, I, right. <laughs> the way in which I root for Man City, a team literally funded by fake money that doesn't exist that is like it, 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 if they win it is fake because it's, it's literally science fiction the way man city do their tax returns so it's like how am i now literally rooting for what is obviously is the villain just for this weird sense of loyalty and i was at the north london derby this year and tottenham being so shit has made me so numb to football at the moment that at the north london derby literally this year i was like it was just as the game was starting the arsenal players were coming out and the spurs players whatever and all the fans were booing uh were bo- just booing because the Arsenal players were there and I just thought I had an out of body experience for the first time ever at a football match and was just like what am I doing <laughs> what are we doing this is pathetic every single one of us is an adult and we're booing adults younger than us because they're really <laughs> talented at something and they're more talented than the ones we like and then I realised what am I doing about even going to football matches this is insane I've spent 20 years of my life 20 years worth of money as well going to watch I basically pay 80 quid a week to go and watch a play that I don't like that I know is shit all because in the 60s my dad liked one of the actors who was in it this is fucking that is how we take it on nonsense yes. what am I doing what have I done with what and what but then I thought well, what would I have done with that time anyway I'd have just been a fan of something else that doesn't matter yeah yeah, there's something about the communal sense and spirit that sort of rarely happens. It's concerts and, and sporting events where lots of people gather together and become one voice. Yeah. That's almost like if you are in no way religious, it's quite a spiritual experience. Yeah. Or should I say, even if you are in no way. So sometimes it just feels nice to be part of a group of people pushing towards one thing and you don't you can't really have it with politics yeah yeah, yeah of course <laughs> so your yeah. only choices are like you know sport and and music our well, stand-up I, comedy i mean in many ways we are heroes Reece. we are with the, with the <laughs> of the entertainment world well what i will say though about so the reason i became numb is another thing i realized is because Obviously, like you say, it's the tribalism, right? But it's it, And it's a way to release all different kinds of emotions at once, basically, going to a football match, because you feel everything in, over the 90 minutes. So you feel anger and disappointment and sadness and jubilation, right, over the 90 minutes. But the way Spurs are playing now, I don't feel any of it. <laughs> because You're I just numb. Well, nothing happens. There's no good moments where you can go even like, oh, nearly nothing happens. <laughs> so you're just bored. So you're literally just going, wait, I'm not even getting that. I'm not because I don't even get disappointed because it's we're going to fucking lose. We're shit. So I don't even get angry at the ref's decisions. I just go, yeah, whatever. Now he's just made me completely numb to it, which means I'm not even getting the thing. It was better when I was going every week and we were definitely shit and I was angry every week. But also when you know you're definitely shit and you've got that underdog because you haven't. Right. You had the hope of going one day we could get near it. Oh, but the and then problem you did is, get right? near it. And then now. So this is the problem. We're shit, but we're only shit within the category of good teams, right? Which yes. means we aren't even shit enough that we're never expected to win. So when we do, it's really exciting. We're expected to win every game and we just don't. So it's not even, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not even like, oh, it's okay, we're the worst team. It's, we're plucky, Ted Lasso, what if we get a result? It's none of that bullshit. It's, no, we should definitely win. Oh, we haven't won. Right, I'll just go home then. 
There's no emotion. You're in the mix. You're expected to do well. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you're not doing well, it's like, well, they could have done better. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's the worst place to be. I'd rather be in a relegation battle. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, yeah, that is that, exactly that. A football match has in the same way that a film does. Like, I often think films are to blame, going back to the Jake Gyllenhaal thing, of making us feel like we haven't achieved because they have montages. So we watch a whole life in 90 minutes, a bit like football. We watch a whole life in 90 minutes and we've experienced every emotion in that. And then we're like, I feel like I haven't achieved because I've just watched someone in 90 minutes achieve everything. (laughs) Well, exactly. And let me tell you, Tiff, if Harry Kane stepped up to take a penalty to win the Champions League and then suddenly got a boner, I'd be fucking livid. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be furious. Don't toy with my emotions like this, Harry. Thank you for sharing your... uh your topical stingy Spurs story with us. And I'm sure Mm. there's Spurs fans out there who are probably feeling the same as you right now. And Arsenal fans who are like, yes. And uh, actually, that's what I was going to say. You haven't left the WhatsApp group. You're still in it, are you? I'm still in it, but it's muted. I think if you leave, you will look like you're a sore loser. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to stay in, but muting's the best way forward because otherwise WhatsApp is like a constant interruption yeah 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 definitely and that group (laughs) (laughs) up next it's unpopular opinion so this is a thing that you love that other people hate or vice versa okay right i've chosen my moment to do this for you specifically (laughs) you're not you're not gonna like actually you might maybe you will but it's literally the timing of this is not ideal okay Marriage is fucking stupid. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think that's quite a popular opinion. Yeah, it actually. is. I think it is, the thing is, I think it is a popular opinion amongst uh, creative people. So everyone, we like in our echo chamber, it's a really popular opinion. Yes, but I think in the in the grand scheme of the world and the country, it still isn't. So you know what I mean? Like outside of comedy and think and people who think for a job. Everyone who doesn't think for a job is like, yeah, well, obviously you just get married at this age and then you have kids, like you were saying earlier. Yeah. But it's not basically, obviously it's like the whole, oh yeah, you know, it's a contract and that's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know those arguments. My thing is that, um, my argument is that people don't see my relationship as, as serious a relationship because we aren't married. My argument is it is more serious a relationship because we aren't married, because I could leave so easily. The fact I don't makes it serious. Once you're married, there's all this paperwork and admin and legal (laughs) fees. I don't even need to send a text. I can just fucking walk out the door and never respond to this person ever again in my life if I wanted to. But I choose not to. I choose to stay. I I choose choose to to stay. stay. Out of love. (laughs) And also, you know, it is a bit of hassle, isn't it? I don't have anywhere to go. But still, what I mean is, if we were married, right, and it was in a bit of a patch where I'm clearly pissing her off a bit, I would have in the back of my mind, she's only sticking around because it's too much hassle to leave. Right. But because we're not married, I know that's not true. She's sticking around because she actually still likes me. So this is fine. I can continue to be a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) I would agree with you on all of that. I mean, we... We were together, we've been together 15 years, coming up on 16 in the summer. So, Mm. and we only got married last year. And I've never felt the need. I'm like, oh, we love each other. So it's an active choice. 
It's an yeah. active choosing to be with yeah, someone yeah, sure. all the time. And not to make it sound like admin, but there's various protections <laughs> that yeah, come so with I know the that. sanctity. Yeah, yeah. But not, not in, in a serious way. But but generally, as a rule, I do. I do actually think it's it's there is more commitment if you're if you're with someone and you're not married because you are you are just choosing that person every day. Yeah. And you could, you could go, oh, tomorrow I could just go. I could just, I mean, the amount of, <laughs> I was about to say ex-boyfriends that I did leave like that. Yeah. <laughs> My friend came around with her convertible one day. Like we'd been sort of arguing about stuff, but I just like, he'd gone to work and I was like, I'm done. So my friend just came around, put the roof down on her car and we just like piled all of my belongings in it. And when he right. came back, I was just, I was gone. And you can't Fucking do that. Old you... school. <laughs> yes. That's old school. Bring it back. It's like bullying. We need it. So it turns out society needs it. Look, if so... you look at TikTok for 10 seconds and you'll go, right, we need bullying. Yes. Because shame yeah. has disappeared from society. And now everything is pathetic. No one gets embarrassed anymore. Everyone yeah. has this American way about them where they're just like, whatever buddy you do you and it's fucking bullshit my cousin went out for a packet of biscuits and never came back i mean he was married yes he was married to that That's such a, that is so fucking british <laughs> the stereotype is he went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back and the, your cousin got out for a packet of fucking hobnobs and then never came back yeah and never came back i totally agree and i think shame is a concept it was like I think it reached an idea when it was like Kim Kardashian posted a naked selfie on International Women's Day and people were like, stop slut shaming her. And I was like, she posted the selfie. She's not being slut shamed. And it's yeah. International Women's Day. This isn't what this is about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not International I've Got no Nothing to Wear Day. Like yeah. it's, it's International <laughs> Women's Day. You know, so it was like it became don't slut shame, don't wealth shame became a thing. Like when they had the on the offshore accounts and stuff, you were getting like, don't wealth shame people. Don't wealth shame. Don't it's wealth so shame. Like, <laughs> so yeah, we need to bring shame back. And you are right. You are right. It, it's a very old school. It's actually more romantic to say, I choose to do this and I choose to be with someone. So I sort of agree with your unpopular opinion there. And um, I don't want to say I got married for paperwork. It's quite nice getting married in your 40s because no one assumes it's a shotgun wedding. Yeah, exactly. And you know that it's it's not a green card. Although, actually, that's when I do accept marriage is for the baffling citizenship yes. rules of yeah. different countries, especially this country, are insane. And the fact yes. that you have to be married for that, I completely accept all of that shit. But uh, what you're saying, though, is another thing that does annoy me. I know I understand the logic of it, but like I've always said this to friends of mine yeah. who say this, where they say, well, you should get married because it's easier to get the house if they die right it's much more legally binding than a will if you're married in terms of getting the house in the event that your partner were to die and i always say that's fine if you want to get married for that reason but those should have to be your vows (laughs) you should have to say that exact sentence at the altar (laughs) you should have to read out your readings should be the joint tenancy rights and not rajard kipling well also that is one but there's um there's weirdly, and I guess because it was set up as a patriarchal, there's protections uh, for women in there, weirdly. that. But also we have, a, I have a stepson. So again, when kids right, come right, into right. and families come into the equation, there are protections that you are afforded. Actually, I hadn't even really, it's so funny because my now husband, 
Oh. <laughs> I didn't say hubby because then we would have had to stop the podcast yeah, and I the, would have the, had to jump out the window. This would have uh, <laughs> But uh, he was always much more like, what about if we sort of hinting? And I was a bit like, listen, I have big days all the time. I'm a stand-up. I get to have a day where I feel special. I get my makeup done. I'm a performer, mm. you know. And I was never really as like, we need to do this because I was like, we're basically a family and we live together. And then COVID happened and there was lots of talk about, obviously, if you've got older relatives, wills, houses, blah, 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 family yeah. rights, blah, 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 law, law stuff. And when we went to register the wedding, the woman at the registry office, she used to work as a journalist and then she lost her job. And then in the pandemic started working in births, deaths and marriages. And she said that she'd been with her partner for 20 years and they'd never, they've got two kids together. She was like, we don't need to get married. And then since she'd been working there, she was like, you can't, you don't get any role on a death certificate of someone. If you're not married, you don't even get spouse, which is a great word, by the way, to try. I just say to Paul, shut it spouse. Now on a regular. (laughs) But how fucking mental is that? Yeah. This is why this is so archaic. Yes, it is archaic. Yeah. Yeah, it's not right. <laughs> but you don't it's... know where marriage began and why it existed. It was a fuck. The reason it's a, it is a contract. We all know those dark secrets and reasons that it is because it was here's some cattle for your daughter. Yeah, but and then, but it only for marriage only became about love like 150 years ago. It became only became a romantic ceremony quite recently. Yeah, but all the laws are not based on that. All the laws are still based on the early thing of like you are connect. You own this person effectively you're connected for this reason it just became a bit more gender slightly more gender balance not 100 percent gender balance yeah it's a fucking mental that this is still what it's all based on because i am of the belief that marriage will die out slowly because i just don't think it gen z don't suit marriage they've got no patience because they've all been on social media their whole lives and <laughs> they they're, they're all raised on never settle so they're not they all fucking quit every job immediately these are this is true stats they just like out yeah, because they just told like you know we know your worth, never settle. So I do think gradually there'll be the start of marriage sort of dying out slowly, except for gay people who've only just got marriage, which means eventually we'll be at a point when there is only gay marriage, and that is <laughs> marriage, right? And so there'll then be campaigns for straight marriage, <laughs> which is being the full reversal of the whole situation. Now there'll be protests, <laughs> straight pride all straight over pride again. Will actually make sense, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to do the costumes for Straight Pride? That's what I've always wanted yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's going to do the design? Uh, Burton. <laughs> Burton's mentor. <laughs> Burton mentor. Do Burton still even exist? <laughs> I don't know. A vanty man at CNA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we normally do a section that we call Oryx, which Oryx is a form of prehistoric cattle. So it's a way of saying mm. old beef. So, a, a histori- very clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm nothing if not clever. It's highbrow. <laughs> it's highbrow stuff, actually. Highbrow stuff. <laughs> You've listened to all the the really successful podcasts, right? Yeah. That's lowbrow stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Papa Dom's or bread. Rob Beckett banging on about parenting. <laughs> fucking drivel. Peter Crouch and his wife. You don't need highbrow stuff. The public don't want highbrow stuff. It turns out. Well, look. Let's call it a row. An old, yeah, an go. old row. <laughs> Sometimes I pick something, sometimes I get guests to suggest, and you did say to me, have you done Adidas versus Puma, which mm. is our which is our historic beef. Now, 
interestingly, it may go into territory of another beef we've recently discussed, but I'll come to that. So this is the split between the Dazzler brothers, which, yeah. according to the information I read on Wikipedia and various articles, uh, was to Herzer, and, and I need to make sure I say this place correctly in Germany, was to Herzer Generac what the building of Berlin Wall was for the German capital, says local journalist Rolf Herbert Peters. Except that where the Berlin Wall fell 20 years ago, the antagonism between Adidas and Puma is still obvious to any outsider visiting the town. So you knew about this beef. You said to me, have you explored this beef? What do you know? What did you hear? So I just knew that they were these German brothers who were big old Nazis and they... (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) And they had... they had a sports company together and they fell out and I didn't know why they fell out, but I knew they massively fell out. And then the, that was the whole driving force between the successes of Puma and Adidas is because they were just trying to better each other. And obviously Adidas has won now, but it's yeah. like the reason these companies became so, so Puma is still a fucking massive fucking company. Yes. So the reason these companies got so big is just a pure sibling rivalry Sib- sibling rivalry these... yeah and it's like a really small town isn't it that place yes, that you try yeah. to pronounce that i'm not going to um <laughs> it's a really small town and that's what i knew in advance and then i read an article and saw that it meant that they moved to set opposite sides of a river in the town <laughs> as a result which i found very fun um it's so fairy tale that they used to things they used to argue about were who is the who is the more enthusiastic Nazi? Yes, so that, this is where there's a crossover. We did the Mitford sisters a few weeks ago, and the big schism in the family there was was fascism versus communism. Wow! <laughs> like okay. and and one and I would suggest that these girls. I, I mean, Unity Mitford might have been a bigger Nazi because she actually met Hitler and tried to kill herself when war broke out um, because she was so much of a Hitler stan. A Hitler wow. stan? Can we say Hitler stan? <laughs> It does, it, yeah, it does seem like it minimises it a bit. It's a combination of old and new. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I would say Stan in the old, in, in the very much, she was a fan. She literally, fact, like, she would, like, follow yeah. him round. So she, um, she's had this sort of, like, hero worship for him. Um, and so that was one. And then I read, so that apparently they argued over, like, who was the better Nazi, but also that, that it was sectarianism because Puma right. was seen as Catholic and Adidas as Protestant. Yeah, so it became that big divide in the town, didn't it, or the village or whatever? Yes. Where it was like, you had to pick a side, Every, everyone in the town had to pick a side, and it sort of showed, it represented where you were, kind of, yeah, politically, but also, you know, sort of religiously, and just like, it was just like, you're completely divided on these lines that are literally based on Adidas or Puma. Yeah. Which is just insane. Also, I like the fact that one of the brothers used his name as the company, <laughs> and then the other one went all right puma he, his name is adi dassler right so he went all right adidas and then the other one was like oh, you've used the das god damn it so he just went all right puma <laughs> adi dassler does sound like rhyming slang for bobby dassler yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> adi dassler <laughs> so you got a three stripe versus puma's just the cat isn't it yeah i do think puma was seen as quite I mean, it's interesting because, again, we did a Coke versus Pepsi and I did that Mm. with an American guest. And it's interesting what seemed as cooler outside of the place. Like Adidas was always seen when I was growing up as like the cooler brand with no idea of like the historical background to it. Obviously, you just go, they've got three stripes. 
I want a pair yeah, of Sambas. Yeah. Um, whereas Puma, Puma were kind of almost like you had Dunlop Green Flash and Pink Flash, and Puma were like mm. a step up from Dunlop, and Dunlop weren't that great. Agreed. Yeah, it was like that. But they've got more recently. Puma have got. Well, they just basically have done more to sponsor big athletes, and so they like they they make the Man City kits and stuff like that. They like do a lot of big football teams, but they also have don't they have Usain Bolt? Yes, right. And Usain like, Bolt. Yes, didn't I read that our... they've got Bolt and they've got a few other like massive massive names. Obviously, Adidas have loads of people. Adidas have Harry Styles. So I mean, yeah, he's yeah. sponsored by Adidas to wear different gazelles uh, <laughs> on tour on stage every night. Um, and it did work because I bought some as a direct result of Harry Styles wearing them. But it's the only fashion from Harry Styles I will copy. Yeah. Because I don't look good in a dress. Sequins? I dress way too conservatively to dress like Harry. Even like the big flares, all of that sort of stuff. I can't. I, can't, I don't have the tats and I don't have the pecs to dress like <laughs> Harry Styles. But I do have the feet. So I can wear Adidas gazelles. But yeah, it's interesting that because there, there's like rumours. I think a lot of people don't know for sure where a lot of the rift came from. But there's rumours that one of them slept with the other one's wife. Isn't there this thing about... Oh, one was better looking. That's right. Yes. Oh, really? Which one? The spat between the brothers. What started it is a point of contention. Town Chronicles mention it only in passing as internal family difficulties. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well. but the most common explanation is that Rudy, apparently the better-looking one, had an affair with Addie's wife Kathy, for which he was never forgiven. Well, that explains why Adidas is more successful, right? Because if if you're the one who's good-looking, who's banging the other one's wife, I'd say your revenge impetus is not nearly as strong as being the other one in that equation. Yes, so you're going to just be hell bent on crushing the competition. Yeah, whereas you know you. Ah, you can't really motivate yourself in the same way, can you? Also, you're too busy banging. Too busy banging and looking hot. Looking fit. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing to rage against. Um, So uh, in the piece that I read, it said many other accusations fly over who who was the more enthusiastic Nazi. Both joined the party in 1933. You're both really enthusiastic Nazis, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think you're fine. Who's the better murderer? Like, I mean, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or who invented the screw-in soccer boot studs that helped Germany's national team secure its World Cup final victory over Hungary on a soaking pitch in Bern in 1954? Many also point to the night in 1943 where, I've got to say the town name again. And please, if you're a German listener, the reason I don't know is because I've literally read this place name for the first time today. So I'm just giving it Hersegenerach was under Allied bombardment. Addie and his wife apparently clambered into an air raid shelter to hear Rudy, who was already there with his wife and family, declare the Schweinhunde, pig dogs, are back. Addie insisted he had meant the RAF, but Rudy refused to believe him. <laughs> so he thought it was about him and his wife? Yes. Oh, the pig dogs are back. <laughs> Rather than looking... So it's just basically, was he looking at the sky? Or, was he or looking... directly at his brother. Or directly at his brother, yeah. <laughs> The pig dogs are back. But even if he's looking directly at his brother, it could be sort of gesturing like, look, the bloody pig dogs are back. <laughs> uh, I think that that's the pettiest one. If yes. this whole thing was because he thinks that he was talking about him and calling him a pig dog. It's, sorry, but if the reason that Adidas and Puma are so big is because a brother called another brother a pig dog, then there should be so many more sports brands that are enormous because that is like quite tame between brothers, I would say. <laughs> 
Yeah, I reckon it was the shagging of the wife. I definitely reckon it was that. I think it was more likely. I think it's interesting because we often have spoken before about historic sort of uh, beefs, rivalries being this actually sometimes positive thing to spur yeah the other side on as in you get better at your work if you have someone to go up against but uh yeah i think there's something i read i think it might be in this article that you're reading about how they did supposedly reconcile towards the before they died but they kept it they wanted to keep it a secret because it would be bad for business if people if their employees knew that they were mates again right so like going to that point of how much it's a rival will spur you on they literally weren't rivals by the end supposedly but they couldn't tell anyone yeah that maybe that's like spurs and arsenal so you think they're best they're best mates and all the spurs players will be chuffed for arsenal winning the league yes right (laughs) that makes it worse that makes it significantly worse have you shot own logic against you (laughs) yeah i cannot believe i've done this i'm supposed to be making you feel better not worse yeah (laughs) yeah Thank you for coming on the podcast, Reese. Uh, before you go, do you have anything to plug? Tell us about what you've got coming up and where listeners can find you. Uh, I'm on tour. Um, you can see that if you like. <laughs> I like that there's a real hard sell there. Yeah, you know, I think there's some tickets left in a few of the places. It's uh, go on my website, reesejames.co.uk, for those tickets. Uh, if you care about football, um, which you don't have to, but I have a football podcast called Fit and Proper, which is basically people come on and take over a football club and then change shit but not in a sort of champ manager we're going to sign Mbappe or this young player it's more like I'm moving the stadium nearer my house because I can't be asked to travel or you know like Nathan Caton put a big bees nest above the away fans you know oh, people nice. do that sort, of, that sort of shit Doc Brown just decided he wanted the football team to be a ruse for a military that would invade vulnerable countries so <laughs> you know people take some liberties with it it's good fun it's very funny check that out um, and that's it I think yes. I think that's it I am on tour as well. Um, I will be all over the UK. In fact, my first date will have happened by the time this goes out. But the tour starts properly in May. So you can book tickets. Glasgow, Newcastle, London, Bristol, Bath, uh, Cambridge, etc., etc., Manchester. Uh, go check out my website, tiffseamson.co.uk. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.